Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. This is the program where we dig deeper to understand what matters most in business. I'm Dave Bookbinder. I'm a Senior Director of Valuation Services at CFGI, where I help my clients with their most important finance and accounting needs. Today, we're going to be talking about how to optimize your life by building networks. And uh, this is not going to be your traditional networking conversation that you may have uh, had previously. And I'm pleased to welcome Glenna Crooks, who's the co-founder of Cogent Sage Group and also the author of The Network Sage. Glenna, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thank you for asking me to be here. As I think we're going to have a lot of fun in this conversation today. Yeah, no question. I think you're going to be able to change the way people think about the construct of networking. So mm -hmm. looking forward to it. But before we jump in, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about who you are briefly? Um, I am currently the co-founder of Cogent Sage Group. This is my eighth career. I think I've got maybe one more left in me, but I want to succeed at this one first, and that's why I'm glad to be talking to you today about these networks. Um, I've been in the public sector and the private sector. I was a presidential appointee. Uh, Ronald Reagan named me to a senior post as a health policy advisor in his administration. And then in the private sector, I've had uh, my own business, but I've also been in the corporate world. I was the global vice president of Merck's vaccine business, for example. So um, a number of things have brought me to this place today. Good stuff. I'm excited to talk about what brought you to this place today. And I thought a good way to, to maybe kick this off and set the framework is if you could share a story that you shared with me. It's what we call the Robert Downey Jr. story uh, so that we can maybe set the table for what this conversation might be like. In fact, if you understand this story, you understand really what I'm all about. Um, around about 2005, my clients, who at the time were businesses and government executives from around the world, started telling me that life was just too complicated and they couldn't do it anymore. Uh, they wanted to quit, either a job or a marriage, and in some cases both. And all I could think of was, wait a minute, you're educated, you're talented, you're well-resourced, and we've got problems to solve. Have you noticed? We need all hands on deck. I didn't want them to leave because we needed their expertise in, at the table. In addition to that, they were my friends. I didn't want them to finish a career feeling like a failure. I went looking for a way to organize the chaos that they were telling me about. Then 2007 came and I saw the trailer for the first Iron Man. I happen to like action flicks and superheroes. And it was after that then that I noticed an interview with Robert Downey Jr. in a fashion magazine. In it, he said he had a pit crew of people helping him out. He named a yoga teacher, a sensei, and a psychiatrist. Time magazine, he said something similar and named his wife as well. He said, though, I'm not a Model T, I'm a Ferrari. And it takes more of a pit crew to keep us on the road. And I thought to myself, you know what? If you're a Ferrari, I'm probably at least a Maserati. And so are the people I know in the work, work world. Um, who's my pit crew? Who's their pit crew? And by the way, how are those people doing? That was the way I started this exploration of all of the people that we have in our lives. And then after a while, noticed that they were actually networks and functioning like networks. Good story. So let's talk about then the problem that you're solving and, and how do we go about doing that? The problem is overwhelm. And just about everybody feels it. Uh, I've spent over a decade researching this with people in their lives, ranging from age seven up to age 87, although my 87-year-old is now 91. Um, and so what I have been able to see is just how much we don't appreciate the complexity in our lives, 
And it's not just about technology. It's the world today is far more demanding of us at every age and at every stage of life. And in addition to that, we have a lot fewer supports to help us out uh, from family and from communities and from some of the social institutions like churches or clubs and neighborhoods we used to connect with. We don't have those anymore. So it's a kind of a double dose of trouble that um, everybody that I have studied is, is facing. And um, everybody that then I have seen when they have some insight about these networks that they can make better in their own life. So yeah, you just touched on something that I think is fascinating about the having insight into their own networks, because I don't know that most people have that same insight and perspective that you're describing here, right? We're all taught to build networks. Your, your net worth is your network and so forth. And there's a whole host of ways you're supposed to go about doing the networking, building, doing it right. But a lot of folks, um, it, it seems like it's maybe haphazard, maybe they're somewhat strategic, but not in the context that you're talking about. So I really want to drill into the granularity. Of maybe it's as simple as maybe compare and contrast what you're describing versus what maybe other folks listening and watching may have in their mind as to how to go about building a network, for example. You started by asking or saying that a lot of people don't understand, and I didn't either until Robert Downey Jr. made that comment and I started looking at my own life. Um, and what I have then evolved in my research and in working with other people is a notion that we're actually in eight different networks as adults. Five that we are born into and three that we mature into. Once you have this framework, it works almost like an operating system. And so it allows you then to be more targeted and more strategic. So let me talk about those. Please, eight. yeah. So the first five I call birthright networks because you were born into them. Your parents created them for you. You create them for your children. Now, you're, even as a child, you start changing those networks to suit yourself. You add people in some of them. You stay away from others. But you never in your whole life outgrow the need for what these five provide for you. So they are, first of all, a family network, then a health and vitality network, third, an education and enrichment network, fourth, a spiritual network, and fifth, a social and community network. Kind of makes sense, right? Yep. Yeah, there it is. It's hiding in plain sight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure most people don't think about bucketizing their relationships, but if we do, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. And once you see that, you start to imagine um, maybe there's somebody important who might be missing. I know, for example, that if I'm talking to a young man, chances are he doesn't have a doctor because he's still healthy and feels bulletproof. And as I remind him, the time to find one is not when you're sick. You know, yeah. you need, you know, pediatricians call it a medical home when you have a doctor. And that's a good way to think about it. Uh, you get better care that way. You get preventive care and you get good referrals to specialists when you need it. So that framework helps. But then let's move on to the next three. We mature into three others. I call those coming of age networks for that reason. So the first one is a career network. That's where we usually think about networking. Right. Uh, then uh, a home and personal affairs network. Personal affairs being things like your car dealer, your lawyer, your accountant, people like that. And then finally, you have a network that I never went looking for, but they kept showing up. I call them ghosts. 
So ghosts are people who used to be in your life who are no longer. Maybe they passed away. Maybe they moved away. Your paths diverged. I mean, just think about it. Yeah. Your best friend from third grade. Yep, I get you it. Know, your high school football coach. You know, uh, Chances are you're not in touch with them anymore. But what we know is that everybody who comes into our life, even for a brief moment, makes an impression on us, for better or worse. And so for that reason, I like to talk about these people because um, I think awareness here is really important, and especially at times when you're under stress, and most of us are a lot of the time. So one kind of ghost I call friendly. These are people who loved you and you knew it. You know, if you think about them, it will warm your heart. It will make your day. They're the ones we ought to think about when we're under stress and having a bad day. Those people who said we could do anything if we just put our minds to it. And they were behind us all the way. Now, I don't know about other people. I do know about me. When I'm having a bad day, it's the other kind of ghost, the one I call hungry, who come out and they pitch a tent in my office and they scream at me all day. Now, I call all these ghosts hungry because we couldn't satisfy them then and we can't satisfy them now. They were the ones who left us a bruise or a hole in our heart and we're still trying to heal that. Now we can't do it with them because they're not around but in our lifetime there are plenty of other people who will remind us of them or situations who will that will remind us of them and when those happen whoa, those hungry, hungry ghosts can come out and they can make our life miserable. They can get in the way of our success. They can sabotage us. So they're an important um, category of people that you are networked with that you really need to understand as well. Yeah. And we only have maybe three minutes to go in this first segment. Time really does fly here. But I want to drill in before we get to the commercial break, the, the distinction between what you're describing and what we typically think of, again, maybe I'm just being dense here, but what you're trying to articulate here is more than just recognizing that a, a young adult needs to have a doctor. There's a holistic impact of constructing this network strategically. Uh, and if you can, in, in the two and a half minutes for this first segment, uh, maybe just help to really lay out the foundation as to why this matters. Uh, this, To me, this matters because... Um, you or any other indiv individual person are the center of your network connections. Anything that happens in any part of those networks can therefore ripple through and affect every other part of your life because you're the connector in chief. And you're really important um, as somebody that deserves to have the sort of support that uh, addresses whatever you need to do. And you're the one who needs to decide what that is. So if you are in a position now where you want to optimize your career opportunities, then what I will tell you is the strength and the weakness of every other one of your seven networks will show up in force when it comes time to think about your career, grow your career, go up the career ladder, perhaps start your own business. So all of those networks had better be robust and supportive of you so that you can accomplish that goal. Um, and that's what we're missing. Um, we've been out building our career networks, not realizing that it's not just the people within our career space that will impact our success, but it's also going to be whether we have a good plumber, because what if we found a leak under the kitchen sink this morning? Did you arrive here and really feel fully present and able to do a job? 
Not so if you don't have a good plumber. Something like that, um, if you don't have other good support systems, if your childcare um, uh, help didn't make it to the house today, are you going to be able to leave and go to work? Um, and with a clear head and able to focus on the job that you intend to do at, at, uh, for the sake of your career. That's what's important now in understanding the, com- the whole complex of connections that you have. Yeah, it's, it's deep for sure. I think that's a good spot to take our break here, if you don't mind. So for folks in the back, we're going to pause here, take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back on Behind the Numbers. Don't go anywhere. personal and company's brand awareness. But what is your brand? According to Forbes, it's a combination of your logo, your product, your design and feel, and your personality. Did you know that aside from being a guest, we offer even more opportunity to boost your brand? Adding your company logo and website on screen during your interview will allow viewers to recognize your brand instantly. Incorporating images and video clips is another great way to showcase your product during your live segment. Let viewers see how good you really are. And most importantly, there's you and your interview. For less than the cost of a newspaper, direct mail, or a magazine ad, you can leave our studio and within 48 hours have a permanent digital copy of your live segment to link to your social media, embed into your company website, or use in email marketing. Investing in your brand is so very important, and we can't wait to have you as a guest. Shelter dogs aren't broken. They've simply experienced more life. If they were human, we would call them wise. They would be the ones with tales to tell and stories to write. The ones dealt a bad hand who responded with courage. Do not pity a shelter dog. Adopt one. Say we've got grit, and we'll take it as a compliment. Because it's our uncommon drive, our spark within, that brings us together and sets us apart. We are temple made. And when others take shortcuts, when others take breaks, when others take the easy way, we Take charge. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about strategic networking with uh, Glenna Crooks. Glenna, in the first segment, and get a chance to ask you how people can contact you. So let me uh, correct that mistake right now and make sure people know how they can reach you if they want to learn more about you or how to work with you. Sure. Uh, my email address is glenna at glennacrooks.com. Or you can Google me, and that will take you to my website and a telephone number and an email address uh, for contact as well. Sounds good. A lot of ground covered in the first segment, mm-hmm. and I wish we could spend time here for two hours, but we can't. So let's try and cover as much as we can here in the second segment. I want to talk first about, we'll call it the practical applications mm-hmm. of what you described in the first segment. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I have a three-step process that I call ActSage. So um, the first step is to become aware of everybody who is in your networks. 
Now, currently I have some paper and pencil ways that I can offer people uh, to help do that. And even that step has been enlightening for everyone. That's the step where they do find out that there's somebody important in their, uh, one of their networks who might be missing. And then they use their networking skills to find that person. There you go. Right? So um, it could be somebody in childcare. It could be somebody for healthcare. It could be you are looking for a good trainer at a gym. And so you connect with your friends to find the kind of trainer that you want to find. That's, mm -hmm. that's the first step. The second step then is uh, to clarify what it is you want and need. What are you trying to accomplish? Now, for some people, that's just make my life simpler. Uh, but when I did this, I wanted to make my life simpler. I looked at everybody I was connected with, and I made a list of all the people that I had to personally engage with. If I'm going to alter my clothes, I've got to show up at the, at the tailor. But um, there's another list of people I don't actually have to manage myself. I don't have to take clothes to the dry cleaners. I don't have to pick them up. I don't have to stand in line at a, at a post office. I don't have to grocery shop. So I took that list and I created a job description and I networked with friends and I found uh, somebody to help me out. A college student who needed a part-time job and needed to be flexible, I could be flexible. She removed all of that activity from me, gave me an additional day in the garden every week, which is where I do my best thinking. So it's clarifying that and then doing this the next step, which is, okay, then how are you going to change your life? This is probably the hardest thing for people to understand. They ask me all the time, what do you tell people to do? Yeah. I don't tell them to do anything. I don't have to. This is data people have never seen about their own life. And when they see it, it's a big reveal. And they instantly see changes that they want to make. And so there's that whole kind of first clear the decks, organize this in my own life. Now I have a sense of it. And then they go on to build uh, on top of that. In some cases, it's uh, more time with family. In, uh, in other people's lives, it's uh, more time for their career. But everybody uses the data in a way that optimizes whatever their personal objectives are. Yeah, and I know you've done a ton of research and analyzed a lot of data. Is there an example that you might be able to share with the audience in, in your experiences about where an existing network yielded one result, but in rebuilding it, so to speak, in retrospect, what the outcome might have been, how things might have been different. I'm going to tell my favorite story, and it's about my mom. You know what they say about how the shoemaker's kids don't have shoes? I never thought to apply this to my mom's life. She lives a thousand miles away. And although my brother and sister-in-law live nearby, and that's a great comfort to me, they also travel a lot. So my mom got sick. My brother and sister-in-law were out of the country. I had no way to reach them. And I navigated from here with the telephone number for only one neighbor. Now, I'm happy to say that she recovered. But then I corrected my mistake and uh, gathered information about everyone in my mom, mom's networks. We found three that were suboptimal. And one, for example, she had, was her social network. She had really good friends, but it was a small network. So I suggested that um, she join a singles club, which she did. And that was a good thing because uh, within several months of that, three of those four best friends announced they were relocating to live near their adult children. So that was a lot of her intimate networks. She lost overnight, practically. But she had new friends she was meeting in the singles club. And that was really important because as an older person, we know um, she's likely to be... Um, uh, lonely, 
And loneliness is more consequential to your health than alcohol, obesity, or smoking 13 cigarettes a day. Now, here's the upshot. When my mom recovered uh, from this illness, there were people who thought she should go to assisted living. She didn't want to. Because we found these three networks that needed to be optimized, and she did. She also needed a trainer, by the way. She needed to regain her strength, so she joined a gym and got a trainer. Um, uh, it's now several years later. We have probably saved her well over $200,000 in assisted living. In addition to that, she was becoming a frequent flyer in the ER. And any minor symptoms, and she was dialing 911. We probably saved Medicare more than $50,000 in, um, in ER bills. Um, so that's probably my favorite story, and it's the kind of thing that I would encourage all of us um, adult children, and especially if we're in the workforce and have jobs, and especially if we're one of the 40% of Americans who live more than 700 miles away from our family, um, that we gather that information and have that available. Now, if I call my mom and I can't reach her, I know six neighbors I can call, and they can run across the street, and they can find out if she's okay. Um, they, you know, and I can, I can build relationships with them so that uh, we are all jointly taking care of one another, even though I'm a thousand miles away. And sometimes it can only be by phone or by email. Yeah. Tell us, who are you typically serving? Who are your clients? What do they look like? Um, my clients can be individuals, but they can also be companies. And not only large companies, but small companies. One of my firms was a small, niche firm myself, and uh, I'm very keen on helping those people who are entrepreneurs and small businesses because, you know, if one of us goes down because we've got a family emergency or a household emergency, um, that could well be a, a third to a quarter of our workforce. So keeping everyone engaged and on the job has um, significant returns, and that's ultimately what I'd like to do is to uh, help people optimize the human capital that they have available to, them, to themselves within their networks so that then they can um, remain contributing members in their career or in their community. Yeah. Is there a single piece of advice that you could offer the folks watching and listening as to if they wanted to get intentional starting today, one thing that they might do to start thinking about their network differently than maybe they have in the past? I would say that when the day wraps up, um, many people think about what they've done, what they've accomplished, uh, and whether that's matched up with the intentions that they had for their day. I would say take a couple of days during the week and a day or so on the weekend. And as you're doing that, match that up with all of the people that you had to engage with in order to accomplish that. You know, sometimes that's getting the shoes on the kids and out the door, and sometimes that's coordinating, um, you know, a multidisciplinary team and a workforce uh, on the job. Uh, whatever that is, become aware. Get to know that. Become mindful about the people who are in your life. Yeah, mindful about the people in your life is uh, the aha right there because mm -hmm. we uh, kind of go through our day on autopilot and don't really fully appreciate that. Yeah, and my research has shown that 
It's far more complicated than we know. We're, we're interacting with a lot more people than we realize. Uh, there is a limit to how many people we can engage with well. That's called Dunbar's number. It's 150. Um, children exceed that by first grade. Uh, and... Um, uh, and what we'd be looking for are those patterns that perhaps we've fallen into mindlessly. So where is it that we're being encouraged by people or discouraged by people? Here's the other thing. This is here's a little bit more. If you once you understand that, another thing to look at. Every network has a center of gravity. I learned this playing tennis. If I played with a better player, my game was better. Well, the same thing is true of every other part of your life. So wherever, you know, whatever network you're in, um, start taking a look at where do you fit? Because if there are people in that network who have a higher center of gravity than you, they're more skilled, they're more patient, whatever the characteristic is, they'll pull you up and you, and you will become more like them. On the other hand, there are people who have a lower center of gravity, they will pull you down. Yeah. So understanding where you fit, you know, um, that the idea being if you want to learn something, friend up. Yeah, you're the average of the uh, five people you hang out with most. Right. Yeah. You will never make more money than the average of your five best friends. There you go. We have about 60 seconds left, but I want to make sure that you tell people how they can get your book. Tell us a little bit about it and where they can find it. Okay. Uh, the book is The Network Sage, Realize Your Network Superpower, and it's available on Amazon and uh, barnesandnoble.com, both in uh, Kindle versions, um, electronic versions, and print as yeah. well. And what will people take away from that book? A lot of really great stories. And... Um, and here's what else people tell me is that it's a gentle book in the sense that they feel like I've become their friend and I'm holding their hand on this journey. That was intentional on my part. This material can be a little overwhelming. And uh, since my goal is to reduce overwhelm, I wanted to make it easy for people to feel like they could go on this journey with a friend. Yeah, and I will tell you, as somebody who's read the book, some of the images were just mind-blowing. When you start to think about the map of what networks look like, um, I think my head probably exploded a few times in reading it. Just really interesting stuff. So, Glenna, thanks so much for joining us today on Behind the Numbers. Really appreciate you being here. Well, thank you very much. So today we've been talking about how to optimize your life by building networks with Glenna Crooks, who's the co-founder of Cogent Sage Group. I'm Dave Bookbinder. If you'd like to learn more about me, feel free to reach out to me after the show on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you like what you heard or listened to or watched here on this program today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. Till next time, take care. See you on Behind the Numbers.